sing as one for this country we're walking on we stand together to protect this land for the future we're hand in hand welcome to another episode of the environmental as anything podcast we have got Ian Sutton back on this week. He's on his ongoing odyssey for the length of the Murray-Darling River system. And uh, he was talking about what he's seen from the headwaters of the Murray-Darling to, to now in, in the weeks that he's been travelling. But uh, we were gonna, we've got him on board again to tell us what's been happening in his week. Can you hear us, Ian? Are you on there? I can, Sean. How are you going, mate? Good, good to hear, mate. Good to hear you. So, how's your week been? Uh, hectic. hectic. Hectic? to say the least. Very stressful, this one, oh. this week. Oh, what's, what's Tell been going? Tell us why. Tell us why, Ian. Oh, just stuff I'm seeing, stuff I'm learning. It's, um, you know, it's not, not great stuff to have in your head, I can tell you. Right. That's because why? of the drought? Because of the drought? Oh, just because of the drought, because of the people I'm meeting, the stories I'm hearing, um, the seriousness of the situation. Sure. Um, the desperation of the people, the desperation of the animals and why it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to watch. It's hard to see. Yeah. Well, what, what, who, who have you been meeting, Ian? Tell us, tell us some some stories of those of those people. Um, well, the last time I talked to you, I was in Coonabarabran. Yep. Yep. And I ended up hanging around there for a couple more days because there was a drought relief coming, and I just wanted to have the opportunity to be involved in that. And yeah, I got to talk to lots of farmers and and community members who were coming in, um, you know, coming in to get water and food and other necessities simply because they have very little money. They can't survive. They're struggling to even get by. Yeah. You know, one of the farmers I was talking to, he's got million-dollar machinery sitting there, so he's sort of like one of the wealthy in the community, yet he has no money and income to buy his food, you know, so it's it's hitting everyone. It's just insane what is going on. Yeah. So these people are normally too too proud to come in and take food, but they're having to now, wow. you know. Taking like food, is, so is that is that where the, the handouts are, you know, they, they're actually handing out food packages, is that what's um, Well, there was, there was a truck that, I think it was a truck that was meant to be for the fire situation, because the fire situation relieved, uh, they were contacted if they could come and deliver to Coonabarabran, which they did, which was amazingly good of them, because yeah. they came from Wollongong. Right. And they brought just a truckload of water, food, just general necessities, you know, toiletries, all that type of thing. And we set up in a little wa- uh, factory warehouse, and then the community just came in, and we set up like a little shop. It wasn't me. I was just uh, sort of hanging out and being involved. But, um, yeah, it was just like set up like a little factory shop and people just came in and took the water and the food and whatever they wanted and boxed it up. And, yeah, it was... But I got an opportunity to talk to a lot of them. So, yeah, I got to hear their stories. It was very serious. Yeah. Ian, how are the um, government relief funds rolling out? Are they getting to the ground and the farmers? Look, I I can't... The farmers don't seem to think so. I mean, I I haven't really heard much about it. But, I mean, other than these community drives, this was all done by community, all free. The guys that drove the truck out had to pay their own petrol. Yeah. And, and no wages. Um, there's very little aid coming from the, the government, as far as I can see. Most of it is just these community groups that are just doing the best they can do. Yeah. Including they're helping with the fires as well, so they're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Massive amount of aid with the fires, with the um, fence aid and a um, lot of support coming out, just people volunteering their time and their money and whole organisations of them just sort of trying to help yeah. out. Yeah. Well, these guys were telling me that they, you know, they were hoping to get some reimbursement for the last trip they did, and they got nothing. And so they're really a lot of the community are just forking money out themselves to get this stuff out to where it's needing to be, which is just a shocking indictment on our government. There should be a massive movement happening already. 
It is disgraceful, isn't it? It's an yeah. appalling. I guess it's all part of the denial of the problem, isn't it? When they, when they refuse to acknowledge that we're in a, an emergency uh, of, the, of the, the scale that we are with this this climate disaster, uh, that must be hard for them to actually respond in any effective way. Can they miss that point though? And at the same time, they're giving millions of dollars to putting swimming pools in um, conservative electorates. <laughs> Look, I reckon what, what we're all missing is that they're actually contributing to the problem. Mm. So with their support of these big irrigators, the, uh, the, you know, what's happening is an absolute disgrace. Now, you've got big irrigators, and I'm talking 2,000 2, billion litres of water. That's four Sydney harbours, wow. of which that 70% is owned by two corporations, and they're hoarding the water in these giant dams, um, then claiming for climate change and, and drought is causing the problem. Then you've got big money investors who are buying up all the water rights. Yep. Then they're hoarding the water rights, forcing the price of water to go up. And then the mining companies come in and they outbid the farmers. You know, they're paying up to $5,000 a megalitre and the farmers have to stop bidding at $300 a megalitre. Yes. Yeah. So it's absolutely insane and they're manipulating the market and the government are just turning a blind eye to the whole thing. It's an absolute insanity. So even if the water does flow, the farmers can't afford to buy it anyway. Yeah. So it's... And, you know, and they're claiming the water, they're pushing the water market up through claiming climate change and drought. And, in fact, they're creating it through the hoarding of the water. And it's just an insane thing that is happening. And our government is absolutely involved in it and knows what's going on. And they refuse, refuse to help the community. Yeah. And the fact, too, Ian, that it's now a commodity, like a futures market commodity. So people actually just buy it and sell it as a resource right. rather than having any need for it. They just um, store it as a futures well, it's exactly, it's just on the stock market now. I mean, yes. in, I think it was 1992, licences were attached to, to land property, so that if you had a land property, you had a licence that went with the property. So you couldn't buy or sell the water, you just didn't own it, it just came with the land. Yep. Then they attached, they detached the water licences from the land property, and now anyone can buy water licences. And, of course, the way they manipulate the market, they're really just playing games with the livelihood of millions of Australians who are suffering no end, I can tell you. Mm. And, the, and the government are involved, they know what's going on, and they're absolutely refusing to help. Yeah. And it's just, I cannot, God, it's just sending me insane just thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is. It's that uh, that that uh, crisis. Uh, you know, the government by crisis, isn't it? That they they seem to be so uh, good at. You know, they they just seem to want want to be able to ma engineer a new crisis so that they can uh, they can cash in on it. That's exactly what they've done. Mm. And you got to think too that you know when they did the Water Act two thousand and seven, they created that was um, the Murray Darling Basin Commission was that states had the authority of what went on with water trading and under the Murray Darling Commission. Then in, nine, in 2008, they amended the, the Water Act and made the Murray-Darling Basin Authority, which is now state run by Commonwealth, and they now control the water rights. And that's totally against the Australian Constitution, 100, which is nor abridged the right to use of water, mm. where it says that the Commonwealth cannot control water over the states or the community and must have water for irrigation and conservation. And they've completely change that rule without going to a referendum, which is the only way we can change the Constitution. They change it through a memorandum of understanding with the states. Yeah. I mean, it's just total corruption and crap, and I just, I'm so tired of it. And the community just need to understand that. Community keep looking for political solutions. Oh, well, you know, we don't like the government. They're criminals. They're a bunch of dags. But then they look for a political solution, and you will not find it there. The only place we will make this change is if communities stand up and do something. That is the only way. Well, when you're talking, sorry, mate. Here you go. Well, when you're talking to those people out there, how, how do they feel about those ideas? Are they are people getting 
angry, that they're, they're ready to take action? Do farmers, they see the climate emergency for what it is? Can I tell you, farmers, um, First Nation peoples, rural communities, they are at their wit's end. You have no idea. It's a bubbling... Oh, man, I can tell you, the people I've talked to, the emotions that are coming out, the way they're feeling, it's bubbling. Something is bubbling. And I tell you, we better be doing something soon and we better be keeping this peaceful because something's coming. I can tell you there is very very unhappy people out here mm. who, are at, who are at their emotional wit's ends, their mental wit's ends. Mm. And they've been crying for government. Oh, please, sir, may I have some more? And more is not coming. No. The governor ignoring them. And it's something big is bubbling, I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. That's very interesting because um, we don't actually usually stand up. Like other countries like France, the farmers be out on the roads with their tractors and blockading and the yellow, yellow vest people have been out and mm. they're much more prepared to um, demonstrate and, and have their say publicly. Australia, we almost never do that, but um, perhaps it's time we started. And that's right. And remember, a lot of farmers are conservative, and sure. yet they're the ones that are now standing up, and they're the ones that are now rallying. They're the ones that are standing in front of gates at um, you know, coal seam gas mines. They're, you know, it, things are happening that I haven't seen before. I've been doing this for 20 years, and, and Aboriginal communities have had enough. They have had enough. They've been absolutely ripped off destroyed, their water destroyed, their cultural rights destroyed. And now it's not a matter of whether you're black or white. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white. You will have your land taken off you, you will have your rights taken off you, and you'll be smashed. It does mm. not matter now. And people just need to understand that. It's something bad is coming. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Water is yeah. such an issue. It's such a necessity water is life, for everyone. Man. They take yeah. our water, what have we got? Mm. Nothing. Absolutely. It's their best way out of well, speaking of the water, you know, where, where on the river system are you now? We've talked about a bit about the towns and the, the people. What's, what's, what about the river that you're there to well, study? I, all right, well, I came down from um, Kinabaraban to Wilcannia, mm-hmm. which I got a decent bit of rain on the way. And then I just camped next to the, to the empty Darling River in Wilcannia, which was quite a, an unhappy sight to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was there just for a couple of days. I just needed a break from what I'd been doing for a little bit. So I just camped next to the river and just chilled out. And I, I, can I tell you one bit of good news? Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I was sitting by the river and there was this, just watching this little small pond. It was pretty murky and green and horrible, but still there was fish in there. I could see them. And all of a sudden, these two pelicans and about a group of about 20 other um, water birds, but different kinds, all came in and cooperatively worked together and they all gr- grouped up, swam down the pond, herding the fish to the corner, and they all had a feed. And I was like, wow, different species of birds all coming together and working cooperatively. Wow was quite amazing. So there were, like, that was a joy for me to watch. You know, this cooperation in nature is something we all need to understand. Isn't it? That's and uplifting. That's exciting. It was, and to tell you, it was one of the few ponds around, so these birds would have probably come a long way to get a feed. Yeah. And just the, just the fact that they all worked together and cooperated to make this happen was just a sight to see, man. It was just... It brought my spirits up again, you know. As a community, we can all cooperate. Yeah. We can get this job done, you know. Yeah. So you say you saw a bit of rain. Did you get any sort of fresh in the, in the river? Um, no, well, I, when I, I, I drove through pouring rain to get to Wilcannia, but about an hour from Wilcannia it stopped raining and pretty much looked like they'd had no rain. Mm. So, and that's something the other the farmers and the community members have all been telling me, that the weather is so weird that it, you'll get these giant massive storms, but they're very isolated, in just very small pockets. Right. And they'll pour down, and then, you know, one farm or two farms will get a good drench and the rest will get none. And yeah. it's just... The strangest weather pattern is happening out here, and everybody's talking about it, mm. how strange they are. Interesting. So, you know, that may be due to the drought and everything else they're doing, but it's just things that farmers have never seen, and, you know, they've seen a lot, I can tell you. Yeah. They've seen droughts, they've seen storms, they've seen floods, and they're telling me what they're seeing is just not normal. Yeah. It's very, 
confusing to them. I think that goes from the ground right up to the um, meteorologi- meteorologist. You know, I don't think anyone's yeah. got a grip on what's actually happening. They just watch it yeah, unravel yeah. and then say, um, oh, gee, I wonder what caused that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, the weather's going absolutely crazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's... Sorry, Gavin. No, no, I was just going to say we're getting, we're getting nice rain around here and the, the rivers are swelling around here, but they're looking pretty muddy and, and, uh, and sad even when they're swollen. It's not, uh, they're, they're not healthy. So what yeah, were you going to yeah. say? I just talked over the top of you there. I was going to say, one of the guys in Kenya told me there was a lot of water coming down the river from further up, I think up in the Queensland catchment. Right. Um, I think they got a lot of rain, he's saying, but it could take a week or two to get down there. But he is saying, I was told there was water coming down. But again, whether that gets there due to the irrigators... You know, the irrigators can divert the entire river if they choose to. They yes. tend to get away with that. Right. So, you know, and some, we're talking about irrigators that have a, a Sydney Harbour's worth of water stored on their in their dams. Whether they have that much now, but that's how much they can hold. Mm. And they've got, the, you know, they've got the sorry. right to harvest the whole lot. They've out, got the right to, to do whatever they want. In the West, they've got the right to harvest 100% of what falls on their ground. Yeah. yeah. And you know that the, the Darling River owes the irrigators over a Sydney Harbour's worth of water because it hasn't been running? their water rights still tick up. <laughs> so even when the water runs again, they're already owed over a Sydney Harbour, so they'll just suck that out straight away. Really? They won't care what's downstream. Well, they have the legal right. They own the water. They, their water rights say they have X amount this year. It hasn't rained. The river's been empty. So when it does flow, they can take what they're owed. So it's just insane That's what absurd. is going on. Yeah. Even here, like the Richmond River um, has a little tidal effect. And even though they've had big fish kills just in their drinking water reservoir just mm-hmm. above the town, um, yeah. the people below the weir are still able to harvest the fresh water whenever yeah. the tide is in and pushes the fresh water a bit higher. They're legally allowed to, to harvest yeah, yeah. it and irrigate flood irrigation onto ma- right. onto um, tea tree mm. crops. That's right. And if people further down have rights to water, well, too bad. It doesn't get to you. That's right. You know, and so the yep. farmers there just looking at empty rivers. They've got water rights, but there's no water in the river. And then when the water comes, the put the what the you know the market's manipulated. The price of water is pushed up, so now they can't buy it. So it gets sold to the coal mining companies for washing coal. Mm. Like it's just a total scam. What is going on? I cannot yeah. stress that enough. No, Get no, the government we... totally involved. You, you know, you put it very. That's that's a pretty powerful statement. You know, when the river owes the irrigators, there's something seriously wrong with the way that the the system's working, yeah. isn't it? And they've already hoarded gluttonous amounts of it, and yet they're still owed. Mm, that you is, know? and you know, with like the, there's two thousand, two thousand billion liters. Get that in your head. That's that's four Sydney harbors. That's just the irrigators. Coal seam gas are taking a Sydney harbors worth out of the ground every year. Then you've got the coal mines. They're all in the catchments. They're all in the places that should lead water to the Murray and the Darling. They're just sucking it dry before it can go anywhere. And that's all. Oh, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It's just doing my head in. You're doing a good job. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stop until I have people understanding what is going on. Well, good on you, Ian. We really appreciate you, you you're taking the time and putting in the energy that you are. It's 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 brilliant uh, your contribution to the conversation. We could we could not have that perspective without you out there. So thank you for giving us a call and staying in touch. And we'll hopefully uh, hear from you again next week. What where, what are your plans for the week? What should we look forward to? Um, well, I'm just I've just got to um, Menindi and I've just just climbed my first sand dune. Looked over at Minindi Lake and I saw an empty dead yeah. system, which should be a giant lake with thriving wetlands. Yeah. It's completely dry, and that's been drained twice in the last few years yeah. for irrigators, not for conservation, not for far, not mm. for the Aussie, not for the Aussie farmer. You know, there's cotton farmers who are just general farmers. I'm talking about the corporate farms here. Mm. Yes, you know, and it's just 
It's all done with the OK from the Australian government. Mm. And even when the farmers complain, the government have all these excuses on why they can't do anything about it. Well, we'd have to buy all these licences back. Well, why the hell did you sell them in the first place? <laughs> you know, like, and if we've got to you know, dent our economy to take these licences back, so be it, because we will collapse if we don't. Mm. Mm. There's got to be room in the system if the politicians make a mistake. There's got to be room to allow them to claw it back and say, well, this is not working, we've got to do it right. Well, the Australian community should absolutely understand that we're going to have to fork out a bit of cash to buy these licences back. It might dent our economy slightly, but if we don't, we're going to have the rural economies in Western New South Wales collapsing. That will dent our economy far more. That's right. That will collapse our economy. Absolutely. I mean, the rural economies are massive out here when, when they're functioning. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, Ian, look, you've you've been taking photos and telling your stories out there on social media. People obviously will want to hear more about what you've been up to. What, what's your what's your Facebook page again, mate? Uh, it's just Ian Sutton, and then there's also Camp Quoll. Camp so Quoll. Camp Quoll is I'm just posting on Camp Quoll just what I'm doing for this campaign. Right. Whereas on Ian Sutton, there's other things that I'm putting up there. So Camp Quoll is probably the best one if you just want to follow the campaign. Yeah. But if you just want to follow other things I'm interested in talking about, then that's that would be Ian Sutton. Okay. Well, you know, that, that sounds like they're two good places that people could go on, on, on Facebook yeah. to have a look and check out what's going on. Just, and I'm getting just, a lot of people watching, a lot of people interested in what I'm doing, so join in. And uh, I think together as a cooperative group, we can beat this. Oh, you're right, mate. You're right. And, you know, like you, you uh, we put up the, the report you gave us last week up on the, the podcast. It's been getting lots of hits. People are obviously paying attention. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, like I think that, uh, you know, your story is really uh, cutting through. People want to and hear pretty it. pretty much what, what I'm doing on the site anyway is everything, if you read everything I'm putting up, it's numbered and ordered and, you know, there's disclosures and lessons and videos. So you can go through and actually see the full story and it is like a report in itself. I'm being very scientific about everything that I'm doing. Mm. So, and then you can just follow along. Yeah. So just unravel the qual bit, that's CAMP, C-A-M-P-Q-U-O-L-L? Yeah, yeah, camp, CMP, and then quoll like the animal, Q-U-O-L-L. Yeah. Thanks, And there's yeah. only one camp quoll, I think, so it should be easy to find, whereas lots of Ian Sutton. So should be, be hard to different. find. You'll be Good able idea. to find it through the Environmentalist Anything page yeah. as well. We've been... Uh, and if you go into camp quoll, you can, you'll then see Ian Sutton all over it, and you can then find my site anyway. Yeah, okay. great. Yeah. Thanks for all coming right. on. Ian, that's been great. We'll talk to you again next week, mate. Awesome, and thank you for letting me get the message out. No, no, thank you, and yeah, happy travels, mate. Keep keep up the good work. I will. All right. I'll see you soon. Cheerio. Bye. That was Ian Sutton on his uh, fact-finding mission down the length of the Murray-Darling uh, River system. Are you looking for the courage to face the hard facts about our environmental crises? Do you want honest reporting on the global solutions that are at our fingertips? Would you like to know what simple, effective local actions you can take to make a positive difference to the state of the world today? Tune in to Environmental As Anything on 92.9 River FM every Saturday from 2 till 5 for all the news, interviews and analysis you need to make the future you want. For the future, we're hand in hand.